hearts. We're going to talk about that. What's more important, worship or uh, being obedient? It's <laughs> a good question, huh? Nice. Hey, so um, if you want to pull up that PowerPoint, did you guys get it? The, the name of it tonight is A Commitment of Love Through Faith. Did you guys get that? All you guys that read it, did any of you guys get that? A Commitment of Love? Anything stuck out to you guys? It's my favorite book. I'm telling you. You know, I, I've, I've read this book probably 30 or 40 times. I, for some reason, whenever I'm in a, in a tough spot, or I just don't feel loved, I read this. I don't know why. But it's a, it's a book that every time I read it, I cry at least once. Any you guys cry? Any you guys cry? I see this. You know, when I, when I was younger, um, just to kind of give you, a, some of you guys heard part of my story. Um, at one point, I was, a, I was a bad kid, okay? I needed discipline. And I had a mother who had been abused as a child. And so when uh, I, uh, I did something really bad, and so she was going to spank me, and she said, I started laughing at her, and she said she was going to spank me till I cried. And I don't know if anybody's challenged you with that, but sometimes you can be pretty tough. And I was pretty tough. I don't think I was able to sit down or to lay on my back for about five days. Had welts all the way up and down my butt. I wasn't going to give in. And, and so it was kind of a... It was kind of a deal that, you know, if, if I really loved my mom, I wouldn't have gotten in trouble in the first place, right? If I would have really been a good kid, I would have not laughed at my mom, and I wouldn't, wouldn't have mocked her that way. And uh, in essence, I got, I got pretty bad punishment for it. It was pretty tough. Back then, you know, people got spanked. You don't get spanked now. Um, yeah. If you leave a mark, you're in trouble, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it is now. If you leave a mark, you're in trouble. I mean, my mom left a mark. There was a lot of marks. Um, and, it, and it was something that I never cried. I mean, I saw lots of hard things in my life. I never cried for a long time, and I had this dog. Anybody got dogs? I had a dog. Her name was Sheba. She was a, a German shepherd um, Wolf Cross. She was a large dog. She was beautiful. She, she, had a, she had a white face. She was the most loving dog I'd ever seen. But, you know, you didn't leave food out or she would eat it. <laughs> you know how dogs are. They get into stuff. I mean, she, her and I, we were buds for probably six years. Um, went everywhere. She stayed with me. I, I worked on the railroad, went out in the summertime and camped out, and she stayed with me. And I mean, we ran together. She loved to run. She right there with me. One day we were, I was going to take her for a walk out in the field, and we lived in Missoula. We lived by a busy street, but they always came and they stood next to me. Well, I had two dogs one was mine and one was my roommate's, and I was taking them both for a walk, and the roommate's dog was a uh, Doberman pincher, and they don't listen very well. 
And so they like to go out into the field and chase gophers where I went for the walk. And anyway, Mari took off first and my dog Sheba ran after. And Mari, there was a truck and Mari went underneath in between the wheels and got rolled. And my dog got hit by the tire and she was killed. And I was about 20, 23 or something like that. And when you lose your best friend, which she was at the time, she really was my best friend. Because I had other friends and stuff, but I mean, I told her everything. <laughs> She'd sit and listen to me. You know, ducks will listen to you. I don't know if they understand, but I think she did. But uh, she, uh, huh? Oh, don't, don't crush my dreams, okay? You're going to make me cry now. <laughs> but it was, it was something for me that was, she was huge in my life, and I lost her. She was gone. At the time, you know, it was, it was the first time I cried from the time I was a little kid, when I, when I got spanked. And, you know, it just kind of softened my heart. So but whenever I read this book, for some reason, it gets into my soul. It speaks to me because I see that Ruth had a love that was different than most people's love. It was, it was, a, a, it was a commitment. It was a, a commitment that was driven by faith. So, so it's interesting. So I want to kind of look through some of this. As you see in the thing here, it says, Ruth was one of four women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Okay. So let's, let's look at, so there's, there's four women, right? Tamar is the first one. You guys know who Tamar is? Tamar married Judah's son, Judah's oldest son. Judah was one of the 12 sons of uh, Jacob who became the father of the nation of Israel. Okay, so his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And, and he had 12 sons, and Judah was one of those. And Judah had three sons. The first son married Tamar, and uh, he died. Um, sad story, right? So, huh? Yeah, no kids yet. So the tradition, or what happened with a, a Jewish young man is, if, if you die then your next youngest son is supposed to marry your daughter, your, your wife, the widow, okay? So Tamar got Judah's second son. Well, he wasn't a very nice kid, and he didn't want to... Because then you would pass along the name to the next generation and your inheritance, your, your brother's inheritance. So the first son, the second son had to pass on his brother's name and lose his. But that's, that's what you have to do. Well, he didn't want to do that, so he would he'd, he'd not allow her to get pregnant. He would waste his seed on the ground, the Bible says. Um, so it was, a, it was, you know, the Bible doesn't hide anything. It lays it all out there. It tells you how evil people are. And he said he was so evil that God smote him, and he died. And so um, Judah had another son, 
And he's thinking in his mind, oh, the, you know, the tradition was he had to marry her, but he was too young. So he says, you're going to have to wait until he gets of age. So she waits, and then he gets of age, but um, Judah didn't give him to, <laughs> to Tamar as, as her husband. And so she realized he was old enough, but he didn't give her to him. So she conceived in her mind to go and uh, dress up as a prostitute and sit on the side of the road because <laughs> she knew Judah was coming by and he was on, his way, on a trip. So she dressed up, went out on the road. Judah went walking by. Apparently she knew what kind of guy he was. And uh, yeah, he, uh, he said, uh, hey, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, let's go. And so she wanted, he didn't have money to pay her. He, wasn't, he didn't have anything. So she had him leave his staff and one of his garments. And uh, he slept with her. And then he went, and he was, he was supposed to send back the, the payment later. Well, she was never there. He sent it back, but they could never find her. And then they find out later that she got pregnant. <laughs> she's going to have a child. So Judah finds out she's pregnant, and he well, must have, must have had sex with somebody, and so he's going to have her put to death. And so she sends the staff and the, and the robe back to him. <laughs> and he recognizes it and go, oh my gosh, that was Tamar. I'm the one who should, be, should die. So she ends up having a child. And, you know, through that, it's a pretty crazy thing. God doesn't hide stuff. He tells us how bad people are. And... But Tamar is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. When you read the book of Matthew, she's the first one. And so the second one is listed as Rahab. Guess what? Rahab was a prostitute. (laughs) You know, it's... uh, God uses people that make mistakes in their life, but he uses them to bring him glory when they change. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that uh, Rahab was, she lived in the town of Jericho. And Jericho was a bad city, and they were not Israelites. And this is the first town that the Israelites invaded when they left, when they crossed the River Jordan. They went in, and they sent spies first, and Rahab was in there, and she was the, um, she saw them, and she hid the spies. And she made him promise. She said, I'll let you guys go, but you got to promise to save my family. Because she heard that they're going to come and they're going to invade and their God is powerful. And so basically she changed her life. She turned her life over. And uh, she's actually the mother of, uh, she's Boaz's mother that you guys read in the story. Rahab is, is Boaz's mother when you read the genealogy of Jesus. So, and then the next one's Ruth, and you read about her, and a little bit, some of you guys did, some of you not, we'll talk some more. And then the fourth one is Mary, who was the mother of Jesus. So those are the four women out of all of, huh? Yeah, one was a prostitute, one was, uh, was a, you know, um, disguised herself as a prostitute, and, and one was a Moabite woman, and then Mary, who was a virgin. 
that got accused of having a sex outside of marriage because she was pregnant without being married. So those are the, those are the four. So it's kind of interesting. That's kind of, she's one of the four women that are listed. So this, to me, that's like cool, right? Um, so Ruth chapter one, verse six says this. So, so you, you read the story. So you got, you got Ruth, she's, she's one of the daughters-in-laws. And, and I don't know about you guys know, what do you guys think of mother-in-laws? You guys heard any stories about mother-in-laws? Yours rule. How's yours? <laughs> nice, there you go. So, you know, mother-in-laws, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed. I have a great mother-in-law. I really do. And my wife loved my mom. So she had a great mother-in-law. But I'm telling you, there's some stories out there about mother-in-laws. So, um, so, so you got to get, it could be tough. You know, this is Ruth. She's with their mother-in-law, right? So, so get this. Do you guys know what the, the punishment for, for um, is it bigotry? Not bigotry, no. Punishment for bigamy. Yeah, bigotry. You guys know what the punishment for bigotry is? That's ha- having more than one wife, having two wives. No, the punishment is having two mother-in-laws. No, no, no. The punishment is having two mother-in-laws. <laughs> so, so do you guys know what um, Adam and Eve, they're considered really blessed. Both of them are really blessed and just highly favored among everybody because neither one of them had a mother-in-law. So what's the difference? Hey, what's the difference between an outlaw? Hey, what's the difference between an outlaw and an in-law? Exactly. Outlaws are wanted. She did. That's nice. <laughs> so so I, I overheard a couple guys in church last week. Um, Fred was talking to Rick. I'm telling you. These guys, these guys were talking, and the one said, my mother-in-law is an angel. And Fred says, That's so, he says, it's lucky for you, mine's still alive. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Okay, so, so, so this guy was driving to Whitehall, right? And he comes by, stop it, stop it. <laughs> this guy's driving to Whitehall, right? And, and he sees this, this group of guys out in the field. There's a whole bunch of them. Please behave yourself, or I will get Cain to remove you. So, <laughs> I will find a mother-in-law to come take care of you. <laughs> so listen, so, so there's a group of men out in this field, and it's cold. It's wintertime. It's just last week, right? And there's this group of guys out there, and there's snow on the ground and everything, and... and so he says, man, what's going on over there? So he pulls over, and uh, he finds the, the owner, and he says, hey, what's going on here? He says, well, um, my mother-in-law got kicked in the head by my donkey. They go, oh, everybody must love her. There's so many people here. And uh, he says, no. He says, they're all here wanting to buy the donkey from me. Sorry. 
mother, the donkey kicked the mother-in-law in the head and the mother-in-law died. So everybody else wants to buy the donkey so that it would kick their mother-in-law. Okay. When you have to explain it, it's not as funny. <laughs> so so you got to understand, I mean, if you want to, if you, if you, if you, I guess when I, the point of why I told this is because this is a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. They weren't mother and daughter, okay? So they're, you got the one that, it, in our culture today, mother-in-laws are not very... <laughs> so, 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 so you got to understand... You're really tough tonight, I'm telling you. Okay, we're going to have to pray. Father, I just, I just lift up tonight. We're going to dig into your word. And uh, it's about love. It's about you loving us, loving Ruth, loving Naomi. Um, two women that put themselves in a, in a tough spot. And I just thank you, Father, for the opportunity to talk about it. And I just pray you open our hearts and that you would bind whatever is going on out here. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Okay. So, so in verse 6 of, of chapter 1 of Ruth, it says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-laws to return back home. So, so, so what happened is, is she went with her husband and her two sons. And her husband died. So then she found wives for her, for her sons. The reason why they left is there was a famine in the land. And so they were hungry. They, they needed, they, there wasn't food in the land. And this has happened all over the Middle East. Over the, if you read through the Bible, there's been a, several famines where people have had to leave to go find food. So, so he takes off and he goes. And then they, he dies. And then his two sons marry Moab women, which was not supposed to happen. Okay? So they were Jews. They were, they were supposed to marry other Jewish women, typically close family, like cousins. And they, you know, because back then, they, that's what they used to do. But they didn't. They married Moabite women, and both of them died. And so now here's Naomi. She's, she hears, and that's where verse 6 takes place. It says that, says, she had heard in Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them food. So you have a woman who lost her husband and her two sons, and she has two daughter-in-laws that she's responsible for. And she hears the Lord has visited the people again, and now there's food in the land. And she's thinking, let's go back. And in the midst of that, and if you could imagine a, a mother and two young, probably beautiful women, going from, from where they are in Moab to, uh, to go to Bethlehem, it's a long journey traveling by themselves that says they didn't have anybody else with them is probably going to be dangerous if you think about it. Um, people take advantage. There's all over. Back then they were. And, and when we read in further, there was always the warning because of 
young women getting molested. It happened back then. Uh, it happens today. It happened back then. It's nothing new. But she had heard that, and so she's going to go. So we're going to look again, and in, 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 we're going to go jump to verse 15. And so she had said to Orpah, go. go you know, to both of them, go, go to your families. I, there's no way. I don't, I don't have a baby in my womb. I'm not going to have another one. I, I'm not even married, so it's going to be a long time. So, so here's what she's thinking. She's going to have to go. And so she's going she's gonna to go by herself. And so she sends out Orpah, decides, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my God, <laughs> my gods. So for some reason, Orpah didn't get what, what Naomi did, but, or what Ruth did. But this was Ruth's reply in verse 16. Read this. She says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. If even death separates you and me. Keep in mind, this is a daughter-in-law to a mother-in-law. And she, she says, not even death is going to separate us. I'm going to go wherever you go. I'm going to commit to be with you and to take care of you and provide for you. I'm going to, because basically she says, this is her way of saying, I love you. I see God through you, and I want that for myself. That's what she's saying. She's, she's, she would be desperate if you think about it. So here's, here's this young lady that is, man, I don't, I don't care what anybody else says or anybody else does. I'm not, don't, don't tell me not to come again. I'm going with you. Nothing's going to separate us until I die or you die. Um, so, so this next slide says, uh, Ruth loved her mother-in-law and made a commitment. So, so she had a love. And, and I want you thinking about this. Do you have somebody in your life that you're committed like this? I mean, Ruth, she was committed. When, when you read through this story, she was committed. She said, I'm going to take care of you. I, I'm going. She made that journey all the way to Bethlehem. That was... It wasn't a day journey. It was probably a couple, three weeks for them to journey, to get there. And they walked. They didn't even have a donkey. They didn't have anything to ride. So they walked. It says that she wouldn't, she wouldn't let anything but death separate her from Naomi. Only love can do that. That's the kind of love that will never let you separate yourself from Jesus. Or your parents or your spouse, or your children, but it takes commitment. And so what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that what she had was something that was extremely rare, but it was what God wants us in, in our lives to do, to find somebody that we can commit, to find somebody that we can, we can say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Because I'm going to tell you, when you read through the whole book, if you didn't get to do it, she was blessed. <laughs> She's listed in the genealogy of Jesus. She's one of four women. And, and she was, she, she had something different. And I guess that's what I want you to think through. So here's, 
it was based on her faith. She had a faith in the God that Naomi believed in. Because Naomi was going back because she knew God visited and she was there. And so here's what, here's what Ruth is doing. She's saying that same God that, that you're trusting, who, you know, if you think about this, Naomi lost her, father, her husband and her two sons. She lost them. That had to be really hard. And when, when, she, when they died, she was all alone other than she had the two daughters-in-law. How am I going to take care of them? How am I going to provide for them? She realized she couldn't do it in Moab, so she had to go back where her God would, could bless her because she knew where she was. She wasn't being blessed. And I'm not saying that the reason why the husband and the two sons died was because, um, because God wasn't with them. Because wherever you are, God's going to be with you. But for what? Say that again. They didn't, they didn't follow, you know, what God had told them to do. You know, for one, they married Moabite women. They didn't, they didn't stay, but sometimes we decide to go somewhere where God doesn't want us to go, but he still goes with us. And he was still with Naomi because there was something that Ruth saw in Naomi that drew her to go. She, I mean, she wanted that. She saw that in Naomi, a faith that uh, she wanted for herself because she knew there was something real. Because obviously Naomi went through, when she gets back, we read that she, she says, my, my name isn't Naomi anymore, it's Mara, which means bitter because of all that's happened to me. I mean, that's what you could, but she still believed and she still trusted God because that's why Ruth wanted to go. Ruth wanted to be with her. She was willing to, if you think about this, if you, if you loved Butte, I don't know if everybody here loves Butte, I do, but, um, you know, it's, it, it would be like saying, you got to go to, let's see, a, 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 you got to move to Anaconda. <laughs> Is there anybody from Anaconda here? No, sorry. <laughs> It's like going to North Dakota. You've got to move to Fargo or, or something, you know, and, and leave all your people. That would be hard. Or, or move to Africa, you know, right, Sam? You know, maybe that's a good thing or maybe it's not, you know. So it just depends. But for some people, to go, to go somewhere would be hard for them. And this was going to be hard for her to go. But she saw that there was a re- she's going because... She, God's going to be there. I, I believe that's the reason why she went. And, th- and that's what this illustrates is the power of a mutual commitment that if you, if you trust God and you love somebody like your parents, your mother or father, you're going to do whatever you can to help them because that's what Naomi did. I mean, she went out and she gleamed the fields. She worked hard and she, and she was blessed because she did. She didn't go chasing. I mean, if you imagine, it'd been easy for her to go, who's the guys here? Start checking them out, right? I mean, she's, she's already been married. She might start checking out guys and looking around. Who's the best? Who's the most eligible? No, that wasn't what she did. 
And you'll see that, that, that because she didn't do that, she was blessed. Because people were watching her. People were watching you. The things, the choices you make, people are watching you. If you want them to come know Jesus, you got to be like Ruth. Because she trusted God. And she, she obeyed. She did whatever her mother-in-law told her to do. And, and she's in the Bible because of it. Because she was, she was a woman of faith that made a commitment to do. So let's look at a couple of these things. There's some verses here. Ruth chapter 2. These, these verses, they're like, wow. Because she's out there and Boaz sees her, right? Sees her in the field. Who's that? I mean, his head got turned, I'm sure. It's like, because I'm sure Ruth looked nice. I, I, I would imagine because he turned his head and says, who's that? <laughs> you know, so, so he, he, she got his attention, but she wasn't looking for it. She wasn't trying to do it. She was down gleaning the fields because she gleaned hard. She came home with five gallons. That's what an it bath is. is he came back with five gallons on the first day. That's a lot. Of, of, of wheat from the harvest. So this was the answer that Boaz said to her. She goes, why have I found favor? Because he said, hey, just stay here. If you go to somebody else's field, you might get molested because it happens around here. That, that's what he said. I didn't, you know, it's in the Bible. That's what he said. If you go somewhere else, you're alone. Somebody might grab you. And, uh, but he said, stay here. My, my servants are going to watch out for you. You'll be safe here. You gleam and follow my, my maid servants and my men servants, and you'll be okay. And she goes, why have I found favor in you? What have I done? And this is his response. He says, I told, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That's pretty cool. I mean, if, if you read on, Ruth says, you bless me. <laughs> that touched my heart. Thank you. You know, you know that, that's, that's what she did. She, uh... So it says... So he, you know, she was, she was able to get, she stayed there, and I'm sure she got quite a bit of harvest. They're trying to get all the grain they can for the winter. She's just trying to take care of her mother-in-law, which is now her mother. I mean, she basically said, you're my mom. I'm, I'm sticking with you. I'm going to take care of you. And uh, that's all she's thinking about. And in the midst of all that, her mother says to her, it's time for me to get busy because you need a place for your head to rest that's yours. And she, so she comes up with a plan. <laughs> she says, go, go to the threshing floor. They're going to winnow with the wheat tonight. They're going to go out and winnow, which means they're going to go separate it and blow it up in the air and all the chaff blows off and they get just the seed that you make bread from. And that's what they're doing, and they're going to do it. And when they get done, there'll be a celebration. And then Boaz is going to probably have something to drink, and then he's going to lay down and he's going to sleep right there because it's going to be a long day. And that's the custom, and that's what they do. And she says, 
you get dressed up nice, put some nice perfume on, put your best clothes on, but don't let anyone see you. Go hide in the shadows. When, and you watch and see where he lays down. And when he lays down, you wait. And after he falls asleep, go up, uncover his feet, and lay by his feet. Huh? Foot fetish. Actually, why do you think they did that? Why do you think he did, she did that? Because his feet are going to get cold, right? And he's going to wake up. And he's going to realize there's someone laying at his feet. And, he's, and he did, right? He woke up and he was startled when, when you read it. So this says, when Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits. I mean, we got it? Okay. He went to lie down. And at the far end of the grain pile, Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. And in the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Imagine that. (laughs) What the heck? And he says, who are you? He asked. And she says, I'm your servant, Ruth. She says, spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of your family. The Lord bless you, my, my daughter, he replied. His kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you're a woman of noble character. He's been watching her. Everybody knows she didn't go chasing anybody. She's been there for a while. It was several weeks to harvest. She could have had a chance to go out, but... She came, she did the fields, she didn't mingle, she just ate, drank, and went back and took care of her mother-in-law. And, and her mother-in-law, the cool thing is, is see, I don't know if any of you guys would be able to do that. That's pretty bold, what she did. But she, why did she do it? Because her mother-in-law told her to. And she says, I'm going to do what she says, I'm committed to her, you know. She's going to be the fool if she didn't take care of me, right? Or whatever. But she, she trusts her mother-in-law, the wisdom that she had. And it's pretty crazy that she was blessed in this way. Because what he said was, is, I've been watching you. <laughs> and you deserve it because you've, you've laid your life down for your mother-in-law. You've made a commitment. And I'm going to take care of you. So there was another kinsman redeemer that was in front of him and he had to go work, had to go in and let him try to redeem first because he had the first right, which means they had to buy the field back from whoever had it because when they left, they sold the field. But you can always buy the field back because you owned it for the price you did. And then, but because Naomi... um, was a woman and there was no man they had to buy a double portion i think and they also had to pay for um ruth her inheritance for 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 malon it, it's uh it's interesting the two sons you know what their names meant malon meant in invalid <laughs> invalid that's what malon meant and chelon means pining those were their names that's what they meant you know, and they married him. But anyway, he, she's, he's going to have to, whoever buys it has to buy her inheritance too. Basically, 
if they, they basically give up their inheritance. And when they do that, if somebody bought it for Ruth, then they would give up their namesake and their everything would go to this. If they had anything else, they have nobody else, any, their family would go to this, this child or this wife through this. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and he went and the other guy said, I'll buy back Naomi, but I'm not going to buy Ruth. I can't do that. That's too much. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to give up my namesake. Okay? Because they, they basically become the child of Milan, which means pining. <laughs> That's who Boaz did. So, so he went in and he made this, went this, the guy turned him down. And so this was what Boaz said in front of all the people. Because he had to have 10 witnesses, because that was the culture. And then the guy had to take his shoe off if he said, I'm not going to do this. So he takes his shoe off and does that. It says, then Boaz announced in verse 9 to the elders and all the people, today are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you're witnesses. Judah and his son were not willing to do that for Tamar, the the youngest son. They weren't going to do that. But Boaz was. He was willing to do that. So, So he was willing to do it because he saw the sacrifice that Ruth made. It'd be worth it. So he goes on, he says, Then the elders, this is what the elders said when they saw this. And all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. That's, those were the first two wives, the wives of Jacob, who had the 12 tribes of Judah, or 12 tribes of Israel. Judah was one of them. Okay, so who together built up the family of Israel, may you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So they're even mentioning this right here, that Perez, who was born through Tamar of Judah, so Boaz took Ruth and and she became his wife, and this says, when we made love or knew they slept, she gave birth to a son. And then we find out later that this son says, this is in Ruth 4.14, it says, the woman said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he became famous throughout all Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons. I underlined that. <laughs> a, a daughter-in-law is better than seven sons. Get that? Has given him birth. I mean, she was, she was faithful and she was committed to her mother-in-law and she obeyed her and she's now being blessed. And they're saying she really is an awesome woman because people don't see people like that very often. So people take notice of it. It says, Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him, which means that she nursed him. 
the, the translation, the right, she nursed him. She was an older woman, yet she nursed. Yeah. God, this is in the Bible. Huh? Yeah, I cared for her, but, but the, tr- the, the, the word is they said that she nursed her. But anyway. Yeah, then it says, The woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. And he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. So what you see there is, is that Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David. That's kind of cool. I mean, I, I'm just got done reading First and Second Samuel, and I'm in First Kings now, and uh, this is crazy. That's that's love, love born out of faith and a commitment to somebody. And so my 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 hope from sharing this is that because we're talking about love, that's what we've been talking about this whole month, and. This is the kind of love that God blesses. If you, if you don't seek out a relationship, if you just be obedient and seek God and take care of the people that are around you, God will bless you. Because she wasn't seeking a husband. She was trying to take care of her mother-in-law. Yet God blessed her and gave her a new husband, better than the first. And, you know, uh, he was a rich man. She went from rags to riches because she was obedient. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, you should pray that, but if you seek God, he will provide for you if you just seek him and be faithful with whatever God has put before you. He'll bless you because he, he's, that's the example all the way through the Bible. So let's pray. Father, thank you for, for Ruth and for her her sacrifice of just seeing faith and wanting that faith. And I pray that each one of us could take on that faith, that we trust you, that even when hard things happen, we're going to look to you and we're going we're gonna to trust you and we're not going to waver one way or another. I pray that each one of us would, would focus on you and we find somebody that we can, we can be committed like this, Father, to, to, so that others would take notice. Just as that, that whole town of Bethlehem saw her faithfulness, her commitment to her mother-in-law, and that she was better than seven sons because she was committed. I pray that each one of us would, would find a way to be committed. In Jesus' name, amen.